Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together. I am your only host, Yen. So I didn't expect to be recording this episode so soon after、uh, last week. Well, actually, this used to be the the pace of uploading stuff in in the past year, but I've not been doing it so consistently. And now, maybe I'm just going back to the normal、uh, rhythm of uploading. Anyway, the thing is, a lot of things happened last week, and I just feel like I have to get them out here.、Um, and it just soothes me to to be talking. Um, to a potential audience, and it's a completely selfish act. But I do, I I do try to find the、uh, elements that are of universal concern, <laughs> and、uh, I hope you can find something that relates to your life as well. I think I should have just named this podcast、uh, of universal concern because it's such a、um, An ironic phrase,、um, as you know, if you're a long-time listener, I complain a lot, and mostly they're just about trivial things in my life.、Um, and I always say that, oh, I try to relate to people's lives, but who knows? Anyway,、um, today though, it, it really is important, right? <laughs>、um, okay, it's not going to be a happy start, but I hope、um, it will end up being in a happy place. So the topic for today. Actually, there are two topics today. They are roughly related.、Uh, they are called the paradox of shame and the vicious cycle of invalidation. So certainly they sound cool, and I I hope they are cool concepts. But where should I even start? All right. So as you can tell, they are quite negative things、um, to feel ashamed and to feel invalidated. So why don't I start with what happened to me? Well, basically, I realized that,、um, as you know, I moved to a city about two months ago, and、uh, I therefore also started a new job here. And in the beginning, I was quite happy that there's this opportunity and that I found a new job so quickly. And yet, after about two months, right now, it seems to me that the job is not going. Where I wanted to go, so it's not exactly a typical full-time job,、um, and there are terms that I could negotiate in between. It's more like a contract thing. Well, not exactly. Well, the point is, there are some. It's not a nine-to-five job, all right. And so there are terms in the job that I have to negotiate for, and、um, and I thought, you know, last month I already. Talk to the company, I, to the manager. I said, "Look, it's not exactly going where I want this to be." I thought,、um, you know, in our interview, you said that X, Y, and Z will happen, but then so far it's been a month or so, and nothing that good has happened yet. And they just kept reassuring me that things are going to happen the way we told you. It's just you need to give it some time.、Um, but then I thought about just how. How much worse they're treating me, or just how a bit unfair the terms are, and I just finally realized that I'm probably being taken advantage of. 
I mean, from my perspective, perhaps some people will say it is only it's only been two months, but for me, this is enough because the way they're treating me right now, it just doesn't uh, fare well with me, right? And、uh, I feel like this is a bad sign, and I feel like. When I'm waiting for them for the conditions to get better, things are not. You know, time is just gonna fly, and I'm just gonna be wasting my time with the company. And、um, you know, recently I discovered or I thought about a new theory of time, of how we perceive time and the moments in our life. And I've come to a really grand conclusion. <laughs> well, not exactly grand, but I've come to the conclusion that. What really matters is the moment right now, because、um, yes, you're gonna have some memories, and you can try very hard to take a picture every single day of your life, and try very hard to capture all the moments in your life, and you could keep a journal certainly, and yet. What really matters is the act of taking the picture and the act of writing the journal. You're not going to revisit these pictures and your writing so much, right? Unless you're a writer or a professional photographer. But most of the time, it's in the act of taking the picture of writing things down. It's these acts that keep you engaged. And after all, you're still. It's the action that matters, not the thing that's being left as a product that really matters. Because.、Um, I feel like, at least that's what I feel when I had a camera. I feel like the point of having the camera is not exactly to, to take a perfect picture and to,、um, produce the work and to hang it on your walls or something. It's really the, the momentum to to go out there and to take the picture. It's the action. That matters, at least for me. All right. So yes, of course you can have a few nice wallpapers, new mobile phone, desktop, or something. But I think in the end, taking pictures, writing things down, it's the action that matters. So even when I'm writing down the journal,、uh, it's the act of writing that's that's therapeutic. It's not reading my journal that makes sense. So unless I'm going, you know, you're not most of the time you're not going to read something you wrote 15 years ago. And even if you are.、Um, The value of reading it is really not as great as writing things down in the moment. So back to my theory of time. I think what really matters is is the is the right now. All right, and、um, yes, I think as human beings, it's good to have a little bit planning, but、um, the most of the time it's just out of balance. Like I think we spend. A disproportionately a big amount of time thinking about the future and not taking care of how you're feeling right now, and a lot of people suffer because of that, right? You feel like I have to stick、um, to this job a little bit longer because maybe it looks better on my resume or whatnot, or you know, I I gotta save for the、uh, for the future, and all of that makes a lot of sense. But I feel like, at least in my case, personally speaking.、Um, I sort of sacrifice the current moment a little bit too much for the sake of what I believe to be the future. So there's a definite imbalance there. And、um, so going back to the problem with my job, yes,、um, yes, there probably will be some value in waiting a little bit longer for the conditions of the job to get a little bit better.、Um, but、um, it's just that I always, I also feel that. These moments when I'm waiting, they're just wasted completely. So, 
that's my policy. Of course, if you got a different kind of job or you are of a different kind of personality, maybe it doesn't apply to you. But for me, at least, I feel like I um, I have my balance have been just not calibrated for such a long time and for all the time I was living in the village <laughs> and I'm not kidding it really was a village for all the time I was living there I was practically just I think 95% of the time was doing pl- the planning um, and uh, I had I really little time enjoying life in the moment and they were very very fleeting really and I can't remember anything remotely happy about my time in the village but I thought that it's it's um good planning for the future you know I could save a lot of money because I was living in a village and I didn't really had to uh anything to 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 uh buy or you know I was just saving a lot of money and that was my plan in part it worked but in another part no one is to say that if I didn't uh save that much I wouldn't have found uh, another job that would allow me to save as much so you you would never know right you could only believe that you made the more or less better decision so in any case I was just thinking that or based on my experience in the past uh it really isn't worth it um to to sacrifice 90% of your time and 90% of your brain power uh for thinking about the future I think it it really it probably you probably should think about the present moment a lot more and how your body is feeling at the moment and what you're thinking in the moment really matters uh, a lot of people would say a job is just a job if you could take home money it's good enough that is true that is true but um i think that co- saying comes from comes too much from the you know comes from an, a, a really imbalanced way of looking at the future where you you're thinking about the future and you're thinking about the um uh you know sacrificing your, yourself or for now for a better future right i think a lot of that th- thought uh comes from that thinking and um and it has to be a right proportion i mean that is only true insofar as the suffering you're feeling in the moment is not disproportionately large that any gains you may have because of the job um, are completely lost or you just don't feel like it's worth it, right? And um, if I must choose, I feel like time is still more valuable than money. And for me, at least, I just don't think that it is worth... um, being taken advantage of in and the promise is pretty it's pretty empty like you i would never know if they're gonna do that to me if they're gonna offer better conditions for me so i feel like it's probably not worth the wait so that's where this thing is coming from this idea of um being taken sorry the paradox of shame and vicious cycle of invalidation now you may not see the (laughs) connection yet so let me explain a little bit so Basically, um, yeah, I realized that I might be just because there's no evidence that things will get disproportionately better in the future. I'm just going to assume that I am being taken advantage of um, by staying at this company. Um, And then I thought about something else. I feel like, you know, in a previous episode, I talked about getting a counter offer from the company uh which you know is definitely not a good thing to to take because that exactly is the um 
related to the vicious cycle of invalidation. Um, because in that episode, I didn't really talk about the psychological side of things. I think, I think I talked about how well if you made the decision, you should stick with it, and also you sort of by accepting the counter offer, you are just stopping your. Um, salary at that point, and you know that. Well, the company would know that. All right, this is how much money we can buy you back, right? So they, you're sort of capping your limits. That's what I imagine it to be. So I was talking about more of the practical sides of things, but today I think it has to do a little bit with the vicious cycle of invalidation because you gotta remember the very first, the very first reason of. Quitting is that you're not happy, right? No matter what it is, you know, not enough pay, not enough, you know, conditions are too bad or whatnot. Like working too much, all of these they boil down to invalidation, feeling invalidated, feeling that you are not getting enough, right? And if you uh, accept the counter offer, um, in a way, I feel like. Um, it's not exactly gonna make you happier, and um, because in a way you are selling yourself out, it means that you're invalidating whatever reason that made you unhappy, uh, whatever reason it is that made you unhappy, and you're saying that as long as you're gonna offer me more money, uh, I'm gonna accept whatever you ask me to do, and obviously this is a very dispowering thinking, right? That just to get more money, you will definitely be happier. And I think it's it's and. If the company or the conditions are not going to change, this is definitely not. It's quite a toxic thing for it to happen, and I think that why I say it's a vicious cycle of invalidation. Do I mean that? Oh, once you get the extra pay, let's say, and you accept the offer, and then you realize you're still stuck in the same place, and you're still stuck, feeling stuck and unhappy. Um, you know, you're going to ask to leave again, and they're going to give you another counter offer. No, that's not what I mean by vicious cycle of invalidation. What I mean by it is just that okay, now that you have discovered what's wrong with this company and you you stay in the company, all right, I feel like it becomes you you become more sensitive to all the wrongs that they're doing to you or just all the wrongs they're doing. Um because well, you definitely have thought it through before you uh, said you you're gonna leave, you're gonna quit, right? So, and now that they have given you you extra money and you're staying longer, I feel like the cost of feeling uncomfortable there is com- is now transparent to you, right? In a way that you know you can say to yourself, "Look, I'm gonna endure whatever I have determined to be bad for me." Uh, because of this extra amount of money, and um, in a way now, then you have your paying gets an extra price tag, right? And and it's really bad because then, um, yeah, it's just too transparent. Now you sort of know that all right. It seems then, you know, the devil advocate in your in your own mind um, would tell you that. Okay, it seems then that with this amount of money, you we can buy your pain, and and now every tiny thing that you found, let's say before uh, before quitting, you found five wrong things, and then they gave you a counter offer, which is um, X amount of money 
uh, more than your previous salary, right? And then now it becomes clear that each it, each five like each of the five things that are, that are wrong is worth approximately uh, one fifth of X, right? So in a way, um, just the the uh, wrong things that 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 are, uh, make you suffer, they all have a price tag now. And then you gotta think, oh, um, it seems to me that uh, this is the right price. So then, so then it becomes quite. Um, it's a very weird kind of thinking because, on the one hand, it might it's probably not accurate to do the math that way, right? The the x amount of money, the x amount of extra money you're you're getting, um, compared to the last uh, salary, that doesn't exactly map onto the five painful things you're enduring, and so most likely, uh, when you do the math, it's probably going to be too much right so so the five things that you you uh you don't like about the company you know each of them is one-fifth of x and um you know for convenience sake let's just use a number let's say you get an extra i don't know a thousand dollars for for the job and it means that everything every painful thing you had which uh there are five of them each of them is roughly about two hundred dollars worth right um they're worth about two hundred dollars um and the math is definitely wrong because the company is not paying you the extra thousand dollars just for the five things the extra um thousand dollars has to do with um it's first of all they're it's probably the lowest they can offer and second of all um it has to do with just the big thing right the big premise you're staying in the prom uh, in the company so you're staying no matter what reason it is is the main reason for that extra thousand it doesn't really account for the five painful things so i would say that painful things are actually uh they are invaluable or rather they are not they shouldn't be counted by the scale uh of money right but because of the counter offer the price tag of the wrong thing becomes quite transparent to you and because it's the wrong math to start with um, the price tag seems bigger than what you think could be wrong is actually wrong so in other words uh, let's say one of the wrong things that you uh, that made you want to quit may be uh, like a co-worker you didn't like right and then suddenly uh, just for it extra two hundred dollars or and that Let's assume that it's a too big a value. Um, for extra two hundred dollars, um, they can buy your suffering with this coworker, right? Um, and it's a funny business because, on the one hand, the actual price of suffering is actually—I I don't think it's worth any money. It just—it doesn't go on the money scale. But on the other hand, I think the person who accepts the counteroffer has has to come to the conclusion that, well, I'm actually getting much more than what this suffering should cost, right? Because as I said, the math is definitely wrong to start with. Um, and if you are staying for a counter offer, most of the time the counter offer uh, would be a good enough value, right? And so the price tag would probably be bigger than what the suffering is actually worth, right? 
or rather the price tag would actually seem pretty big when in fact it's still underestimating um, the actual um, suffering in a way, if that makes sense. All right. And so now the thing is now that the suffering, each suffering gets a price tag, I feel like it becomes easier for you to anticipate or to to see the next uh, suffering in the sequence. So, for example, before you um, said you were going to quit, you only noticed five things that are wrong. And now that now that you discover, you do the math quickly, you feel like, okay, so every uh, everything that made me suffer is worth about this much money, you suddenly see more and more suffering that's going on in a way you feel like, oh, um, I didn't notice that, uh, that this was wrong in, in the past. And, um, you know, this is of the same caliber as one of the wrong things. And uh, in a way, it's easier to to find all the wrongs in the company, right? I feel like once you accept the counteroffer, what is likely going to happen is that because now things are transparent, um, it's just like, let's say you get a pizza for a certain amount of money, and then you realize, hmm, um, maybe the pizza wasn't that good. How come it cost this? It would, it cost this much, um, and the same amount of money I could have gotten, I don't know, three, three or four uh, very good uh, beers or something, right? And then, you know, once there's a price tag, you would wrongly um, equate the value of things that aren't actually equal. So the same with your suffering. So to start with, I believe that no amount of money can buy me um, the endurance verse for suffering. But as I said, uh, when you're doing math that way, the money may turn out to be a huge amount that make you think that, um, wow, I can't believe that the every little suffering I endure is just is worth this much, right? And of course, that's the wrong math you're doing. But I think it's easy to make that mistake um, because there is a comparison to your previous salary. Anyway, that's just what I'm. That's what I'm saying. And um, it doesn't have to be that complicated. I think it's easy to imagine when when you get promoted as well, right? Let's say in the past you had fifty tasks at work, and then let's say you take on uh, the fifty first task task as you get pr- promoted and you get an x amount of money then it's easy to say that oh then the one task the 51st task is wor- itself is worth that much extra money and i think that's also the wrong math because um as you get promoted your responsibility the extra responsibility and they can be uh, quite invisible they're not exactly concrete uh, they're going to be beyond that one task, right? The money has a lot of burden and the burden, the, the extra task, the concrete extra task is not going to be the only extra thing you, you're dealing with as you get promoted. So same with the counter offer, right? As I said, you're probably doing the wrong math, right? But it's easy to do the wrong math. And now that you have the price tags in the case of pizza and, and beers, um, you could very easily said that, well, you know, one pizza is definitely not worth as much as um, five beers, or you could definitely just go around and um, keep looking around and say that, oh, well, I can't believe I didn't notice this before. It seems that uh, spaghetti is worth uh, the same as 
have a pizza or something, right? So like once there is a price tag, it becomes so transparent. And even though you weren't interested in spaghetti or you weren't interested in um in some other foods before, because of the price tag, there is like a set point for comparison. And I think it's much easier to bring things into your mental pool.、Um, And I mean, it's. I think it's difficult to control this thinking. I mean, once there's a price tag, your mind will take more notice of the things of the same price, and、um, it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that. Then this has to do a lot with the. Okay, so going back to the work culture, the work, the toxic work culture, right? So now that you accepted the、uh, counter offer, just like the pizza and the spaghetti,、uh, you start to notice that oh well.、Um, How about this tiny suffering I didn't consider before, or what if you know? Why did I not count this、um, as part of the tiny suffering、um, that is you know one one fifth of the X amount of extra money? Why didn't I notice that before? I think it's quite easy to、um, to to see more things that are wrong with the company that you. Probably couldn't have seen before accepting the counter offer,、um, because now the price is clear, right? It becomes、um, you 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 might say, oh, I feel like this suffering is actually of the same caliber or same size as one of the five things I considered,、um, and I should consider this as a suffering because it's the same sort of thing. And even though I don't personally feel so hurt by this thing, but clearly this is not. This is also one of the one of these things that some people might not might not like, right? And then you're gonna <coughs> you're gonna realize that. Well, it seems to me that.、Um, Then the extra money is definitely not worth it because if you hold, if you count more and more things that are of the same nature of the wrongs that you felt before and you didn't consider before, right? If you count all of them together, then obviously you're gonna have a bigger、um, denominator, and the extra money is gonna be. Not so much extra anymore, and then you're gonna be more and more unhappy again because you now are enlightened、uh, because things are transparent, right? And so you're enlightened, things are transparent, and you start to notice that well, how come I'm not compensated for this part of the work? How come、um, this part of the work isn't considered?、Um, and I feel like once you accept the counter offer, it's much easier to fall into that trap of misery, right?、Um, where You didn't used to be bothered by some of the things, but now that you realize that your、uh, sufferings are worth this amount,、uh, you take notice much much easier, right?、Um, just like with,、uh, let's say you're buying a new product,、um, I think you know once you once you set a budget, let's say you're buying a new TV or something, and you set a budget, and once you have the budget. It just becomes human nature to sort of、um, research all the products within that budget,、uh, even though you weren't, you might not be interested in certain brands before, let's say.、Um, but it just wouldn't be rational to ignore all the other brands. And even though in the end you probably only select one thing, I mean, you only select one thing, right? You might be sticking to the very one thing you set your eyes out for,、um, but You know, you would, you would, because of the budget, you would,、um, 
you're forced in a way to yes, you're even forced to take notice of all the things within that budget, even though you might not be exactly interested in them. So the same thing with the counter offer. So um, yeah, so you might only be feeling bad for five things going on in the company, but because of the counter offer, you're sort of made your brain is probably wired to notice more of the. Um, injustice going on in the company that didn't personally affect you but that is that are reasonably um in the same group as the things that did uh, affect you and so then you're going to feel um extra invalidated and so what's going to happen is you might want to quit again or offer uh you know ask for a better salary again and then if you do you know if the things keep going like this um i think and if the well a big premise is of course that the things that bother you never got uh change all right so then maybe uh nothing's gonna happen except that the um price tag is getting higher and higher as you get your counter offer again and again um and um you might actually suffer a lot more because you know it's just easier to notice um you've accumulated so many data points and the longer you stay and the more transparent things are and the more times you got your you know extra salary your promotion or whatever you call it um um, it's just easier to 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 see the problems um, or the properties of a company, right? So I'm starting with the um, with the with the premise that you're like you're working in a bad company and these are bad things, and of course things could happen in the other way where you then realize that um, the price of promotion is precisely this and you're being paid this much for this extra tax and of course that's also the wrong math because you got a lot of extra responsibility that you cannot really count with the concrete tax Um, and so and and I would say work is suffering in, in its nature so it's the same case as the toxic environment case but I hope this is getting through. Um, what I mean is just that that's the vicious cycle of invalidation, and the and the conclusion for that um, is that you shouldn't allow people to buy off your misery using money, um, or especially especially when uh, you could sort of pinpoint the nature of that misery in the first place right and and so a very good example is uh wanting to quit because you're not happy there and you know why you're happy uh, why you're not happy and and uh you you can sort of list off the things that made you unhappy and it's it's probably a really rational thing to do and a lot of people probably do that they're going to weigh their pros and cons and and yet because exactly of this transparency um the extra money the company offers you is going to make things worse because now your suffering has a cost, has a price. And with this price, it, it's like easy to gouge what other things the company are doing is doing wrong and that you should be compensated for, but you're not because you already accepted um, the counter offer first, right? Like whatever counter offer they first offer. So, um, so that's the thing. That's the vicious cycle. So the more you know and the more money you get or the more terms you lay out in the corresponding 
money you get, uh, the more transparent things become. And because things have a number now attached to them, you sort of feel this imbalance a little bit more. And I call it an imbalance because I, as I said, I firmly believe that suffering shouldn't have a price. So definitely, uh, on, on, on the one hand, you're going to think, wow, so, you know, um, uh, being unhappy with this particular co-worker is worth this amount and it's quite uh, ludicrous if that's the only thing I'm doing, right? Right, so on the one hand, you may feel that, but on the other hand, assuming that my premise is true, namely, it's not worth any amount of money, right? It's just not worth it. Uh, on the other hand, you still feel... The truth is you still feel empty and invalidated inside because it should worth an, an infinite amount or a million dollars or something, and yet you're still go getting just a little bit more than before, right? So uh, on the one hand, it seems too much. On the other hand, it seems too little. And so you're just going to feel quite unhappy, um, even though the overall, let's say, salary is higher, right? And... Um, and, and okay, so now that's a very concrete example of working and where things actually do have a value, uh, a numerical value to them. And uh, and yet I, I, could, I also think that this applies to uh, interpersonal relationships. So just to remind you, we're talking about the vicious cycle of invalidation. So here I'm talking about um, your more or less toxic relationship with another person. But as I know, as you know... Um, Today, there are a lot of people, uh, you know, people are being more aware of what it means to be in a toxic relationship. So what I'm saying now is not going to be the technical definition of being in a toxic relationship. But um, just for the sake of simplification, I, I'm going to use this term. Basically, I think there's also a vicious cycle of invalidation in a toxic relationship. So... Um, you know, I'm not going to give a, a, a whole list of checkpoints and just to like check off what counts as toxic or not. That's not the thing because it's not really helpful. You know, sometimes I, I go to these, I try to read these psychology books and I'm trying, you know, when I'm quite unhappy by an interaction with a friend or something and I try to check, look, maybe this is a toxic relationship and I go through the list and I realize it's just, it's just too exhausting and <laughs> too many things that you have to think about and go through. It's not really possible to identify one you could in a way just have an intuition about it so that's the thing so basically um yeah so i was just um i was just thinking about this all right so uh, in a toxic relationship in a non-professional way of talking about it i would say that this person consistently leaving you more unhappiness than happiness then that is probably not a good relationship for you. And let's just say this is toxic for now. Um, but I think um, the question is, well, most people aren't stupid. So if you're not comfortable with this person and every time you talk to them or you meet them, you feel very much um, invalidated and you don't feel that you gained much from the relationship, how come you're still maintaining this relationship? I think that's the very nature of toxicity, right? Because if it's a uh, thoroughly bad relationship where you feel like you don't get anything out of it, um, you could probably end the relationship quite quickly. But I think most of these interpersonal relationships um, 
well, not just these. I think interpersonal relationships in general, the characteristic is that we all give and take, right? And uh, you're gonna feel bad sometimes, occasionally, but most of the time. Uh, good things are gonna happen. Now, some of the relationships that、uh, I call toxic, these are the ones that、uh, maybe they have, I think, seventy percent of badness and thirty percent of goodness. And yet, maybe the thirty percent of goodness, when they do appear, they are so strong that they pull you back into the relationship, and they just come at the right timing, at the right pace, that、um, you continue this relationship for a long time, right? And I think that's the nature and the genius of a toxic person, I, I guess. So, I think that kind of relationship is what I'm talking about.、Um, so, and I think there's also a vicious cycle of invalidation, and it's similar to to the case with the counteroffer, but it's more a little bit more abstract because、um, money is not going to be involved in this case most of the time. So, what's happening here is that. Well, first of all, you feel unhappy with this relationship, right? And then you notice that maybe you can pinpoint certain things that are wrong with this person or with the relationship itself.、Uh, you can just list their personality flaws or something.、Um, but then.、Um, Every time, you know, when the thirty percent of goodness is sparsely、um, dispersed in the relationship,、um, the it, it acts exactly like the extra money you're getting from the company, right?、Um, in a way, you just feel the goodness, and then, and then suddenly, you can map out. Um, you know how many bad points this one good point、uh, corresponds to,、um, and then in a way, as long as the goodness keeps coming、uh, consistently, I think it's very easy to not break off the the relationship unless there's something really horrendous happening,、um, and yet because. Because the goodness comes at a consistent time, I think that then increases your awareness of, you know, the ratio of badness versus goodness. And I think human beings do have a, a propensity to to、um, to put a value on things, right?、Uh, I mean, it's you're probably not going to do this, but there's there's. Very likely, an internal clock in your mind where it sort of tells you, ah, so at about after four or five bad bad points,、uh-huh, I'm gonna get a good point, and and then it becomes the rhythm becomes more and more clear, and in a way you could just expect that, right? People are surprisingly con- consistent when it comes to a stable or long term relationship.、Uh, You know, you sort of adopt this this mode of interaction, and it becomes rigid. And so, and most of the time, they don't even plan to do it that way. And so, the good points would just suddenly appear、um, quite consistently, and therefore everything is expected. So, after this good point, then you know that you're going to receive、uh, a few amounts of bad points. Uh, in this relationship, and so in a way, the good points just act less、uh, like money. So suddenly, you are seeing the、um, the price tag of receiving a good point. The price tag is this amount of bad points, right? And I'm not talking about reading too much into things. I'm not also talking about 
having this kind of thinking with every person in your life but i'm just talking about the relationships where you feel more bad than good um and yet you're not entirely sure if you should break off the relationship because occasionally you get that good feeling or they benefit very occasionally from the relationship right um but it's mostly disproportionate and um the more you are in the the longer you're you stay in the relationship the more the pattern is going to emerge right and as the pattern well by definition emerges you're going to realize that it seems to you then that you know it will seem to you that this um the price of one good thing you get from that friend uh is actually worth so many bad things you have to do um for them right so so the the part why is it a vicious cycle why do these things become a vicious cycle i think anticipation is a key thing right consistency and anticipation in the case of money and buying things well the money brings everything um to transparency and in the case of um a relationship if it's a solid relationship well I bet you it's going to be a consistent thing to, to happen. Like I mean both parties are going to end up in the um mo- most comfortable position they can find and so the party that is doing more bad to another person that party will also eventually converge on a certain way of interacting with you uh that in a way that he could benefit he or she can benefit the most without leaving you uh without you leaving them right so everything is just nicely um calculated and it's just very precise and um because of the precision just like the money um it becomes quite easy to continue this cycle right and and let's say you are a person with bone and flesh and you're gonna sometimes you call them out you call the friend out you say how come you're treating me this way and that way and well the smart person as long as they could still get get some benefit from you they're going to adjust the formula right and yet uh if it's a truly toxic relationship that formula is going to benefit them still and so they're going to adjust the formula and yet it's still a formula because people are not so creative they're going to interact in more or less the same way but in a way maybe you're not that you're not going to notice that much um and maybe you're more soft spoken or is that even a term anyway the point is you're the weaker party right so the weaker as the weaker party you're going to take more bad things than good things um and yet you're smart you can realize how um the formula plays out and so you're just feeling bad all the time and you just feel invalidated all the time um but then because in a way you're weak you accepted the counter offer in the first place uh it's very difficult to break off the cycle right so you got to have to you know how do you break off obviously a stronger mind will help but i think being able to stand out of this cycle and just to see how stupid you are for accepting the new terms um then you should be able to break it off so i'm trying to make things very general here i'm saying that this works with people this also works with the companies this also works with just general any relationship in life really um and i'm saying this because well i thought about counter offers and i thought about my situation in the company right they just try to they say things that they don't necessarily plan to do 
Um, same with people, right? That happens a lot. So that's a vicious cycle of, of invalidation, and it's really not good because unless you know, you gotta learn how to break it off. And I'm I'm trying, so I don't know. And another thing that is um, of universal concern is the paradox of shame. So um, this one is interesting. I I'm still thinking about it, but basically, the idea is that people who do feel shame. Uh, in a situation, um, they tend to also be the one uh, who have a higher self-awareness and who are not going to cause another person to feel shameful. So in in other words, um, it's not exactly beneficial to be so self-aware. The paradox comes in here because... You would think that being self-aware and being aware of your situation and what's the how the like relationship your relationships are like, you would think that it's a good thing, right? But the transparency again, it sort of relates to the vicious cycle of invalidation. But the transparency of what other people are signaling, what they're doing, and in some situations, in a particular situation, you might feel ashamed. Um, in that case, you know, if you have the enough, if you have enough awareness to feel shame, then you're probably not the one uh, who has to be shameful, right? I think that's the thing. Like when you feel shame, um, I, I think often it is the party that made you feel shame, feel ashamed that should feel ashamed um, because they are not aware. They're the ones that are not aware, right? And in a way, doing things be, uh, without awareness is quite shameful. Um, but this is this is quite vague. Uh, I know it's quite vague. It's just something I've been thinking about. But the general thing is that the the idea is just that the people who are more enlightened, they tend to be uh, more pained. And a very specific instance of this that constitutes a paradox is an instance of shame because shame is the precise emotion that has to do with self-awareness, right? And yet, um, the more self-aware you are, the more shameful you are, and the more you want to hide yourself, right? Um, so that's what I've been thinking about. And uh, I don't know if it's of... Yes, it's definitely of universal concern. But yeah, again, see, so this is... I'm living in a paradox right now because I feel like I uh, am aware of something right now and I feel a little bit enlightened. And yet at the same time, um, it becomes my job to call out uh, others and and like the onus is on me, right? Um the people doing the bad things, they are they are not the ones to like they're they're just gonna be shameless. They're just gonna um, say just gonna go gaslight you, and they're gonna pretend nothing happened. Um, and and it's just very sad that this is happening. So I don't know how to feel about this. Maybe I'm all wrong. Maybe I'm too sensitive. Whatever the word is, but just like recently, I've been thinking about you know I've been thinking about how I'm so. Um, so late in realizing how people have been taking advantage of me and yet at the same time it's such a good thing to you know I feel such a relief to realize that and I'm not talking just about the uh, situation with the company there's also interpersonal relationships and what happened with my friends and all that so that's just what's going on in my life and um, that's the thing and I feel like 
there, it's not done yet because there's so many things I can talk about. Um, I think maybe next time I'll talk about this, but the idea is whether or not you should be enlightened. I think that's a good question because if being enlightened brings you so much pain and um, then maybe you shouldn't be, in, be enlightened. And yeah, if you're not enlightened, you're just going to get advantage, take be taken advantage of more and more. Um, so, of course, I think the ultimate goal is to get out of this situation um, and just to be stronger and to, 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 to seem stronger to other people. The problem is there are things that are outside of your control. For example, your gender, your face, how you look, your, your height and all that. All of these play into stereotypes and how people are going to um, think of you and then they're gonna assume that maybe if you're a woman you're weaker or whatever it is and it's just very difficult to to break that first impression um so i'm still thinking about this and it's really painful to think to 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 think about this because it seems like it's difficult to solve but um that's a thing and uh at least you know I'm trying to break a few vicious cycles of invalidation in my life. So that is a little bit empowering. But other than that, yeah, just thinking about this and noticing the 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 precise price of a lot of things in my life. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny, actually. It's <laughs> sad way of funny, sad kind of funny. So so that's going on. That's what's going on in my mind right now. So I hope that makes sense. Um, because I I feel like I haven't talked about this kind of thing in a long time. Um, right. And another thing, it's not done yet. <laughs> another thing I want to talk about is a book. Um which i think i'll make an independent episode because i i've only ever made one episode that's a book um that's a book episode because it's generally quite genuinely quite hard to make one it's called the uh the good enough life i think i talked about it before and i think i want to explore that book in depth and i'll go i'll talk about it but it really did change um my thinking a lot and i i don't agree with all of its premises but i think some of the thinking there is quite useful um but you know i haven't thought too deeply about what's written there so i'm gonna go through the book and then hopefully in two or three weeks we're gonna get like a book episode uh next time all right so that's about it uh the paradox of shame and the vicious cycle of invalidation i hope i'm not too um too wrong here right (laughs) anyway so yeah uh i'll talk to you soon bye bye